Hey guys, welcome back to the Under One Roof podcast where we are talking about building faithful and fruitful families for God's kingdom. And my name is Andre. I'm one of the pastors at Living Word Bible Church in Ferndale, Washington. And I'm joined today with my wonderful wife, Leah. And today we wanted to talk about kind of a core central component of family life in the home and maybe something that you haven't actually thought of in a, in kind of a focused way and that is the concept of fellowship yeah living in fellowship mm-hmm. and having that as like a expectation in the home in your in your marriage and with your children i think that's something that we haven't really been exposed to much or haven't really thought of fellowship as a central um thing we value in the home and after like learning more about it and realizing it's very central in the bible um and then implementing it in our parenting teaching our children to value fellowship with one another with mom and dad has been very like transformative for our family and i think for the people who we do life with with our church people it's been very it's a very important concept that i don't think is very widely discussed discussed yeah so and here's the thing i think the the mistake that oftentimes happens in the christian world when we talk about family life is that we talk about tactics uh, talk about different principles kind of disconnected tools that help you kind of achieve a christian family life but mm-hmm. um very rarely do we have a unified whole like a unified picture what is the the christian home yeah um, what is the atmosphere and the unifying uh, reality at at the center of the Christian home. How do we make our families um, have this feeling of uh, kind of like a unified song or a story that brings it all together, right? We have these tactics of like disciplining our kids or having structure or um, family worship or it's like a separate part of family life. Right, but how do you? What is the what is the vibe of your house? What is the air that you the breathe? The aroma. The aroma that fills your home. What is the story that your children are breathing in, of kind of the story of your family? And I think that that's a little bit more on the abstract level, where it's oftentimes we assume this. Right. We just live our lives with cultural values that we just kind of soak in and live out, rather than intentionally saying, "Wait." My children are growing up in a rhythm of practices and beliefs and values, and those all come together to make a unified story of life, right? So, right, and what do we call that? <clears throat> Giving it a name right. um, helps the kids understand what we're even doing. Why are we um, confessing our sin and making it right, like right. restoring our relationship every time we end? sin against one another? and. Um, I think it's even been helpful for me to kind of guide my relationships in the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other problem I think is where we struggle with is oftentimes the message of the gospel becomes kind of this detached, like, oh, we believe in Jesus and his death for our sins and we live this life, but how do we connect the message of the gospel and the principles of parenting? Kind of there has to be this like bridge between that forms kind of the unity. And I think that this is where we get this concept of fellowship. So what is the Christian home? Well, when we look at the Bible, first of all, there's a couple observations I want to just throw in here to form our view. What is the Christian home? Um, 
there's two extremes that we can vacillate between. On the one side, people can just assume that their kids and everybody in their home is just Christian simply because they're born there and just assume that there's no need for actual conversion, Mm -hmm. right? Transformation, repentance, and becoming a Christian. And then there's the other extreme where um, it is assumed that just that um, my children are not Christians. They live in my my home. I'm a Christian, but my kids, unless un- until I have been convinced of very clear, explicit evidence of regeneration in their hearts, I consider them non-Christians and I treat them as non-Christians. That's another extreme. And I think both of those are unfaithful to the biblical message of how the New Testament especially speaks mm-hmm. of the family. Mm-hmm. A couple of observations here. All of the epistles and all the New Testament writings are written with kids assumed to be listening. Right. So when you read the epistles, especially of Paul, and he's addressing the entire church. So he addresses the church in Ephesus. Later in chapter six, you realize he's considering the children present in that gathering who are hearing the reading of this epistle, part of the church. Mm-hmm. So Paul speaks to the children, children obey your parents, uh, honor your father and your mother. He gives them commands and those commands are assumed in a gospel faith context, right? right? So, um, and then when you look at how he discusses the family life, Ephesians 5, 6, uh, husbands and wives are kind of a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church, children and parents, Uh, The relationship between children and parents are soaked in the presence of God, the word of God, the instruction of God, the way of God. Children, fathers are taught to instruct your your children or uh, uh, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The, the assumption there is that you're bringing up kids who believe in God. Yeah. Right. So again, here we face attention. Are my kids fully regenerate Christians or are they not? There's, there's, we have to like, I think to build this foundation of fellowship, you have to assume a little bit of mystery, mystery component here. God gives us families and God gives us kids and God uses the means of family and the home life to transform our kids' lives. And, and that starts from their earliest days of instructing them in the way of following Christ, right? What is faith? Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that um, I want to raise my children in the story of the gospel, and I want to teach. I want to invite them into faith by modeling faith. And I want them, even though if I see my kids are not fully transformed, or I don't, I can't. You know, who can see into the heart, right? We don't always know exactly what that point of change is. The atmosphere in the family I want to create is of gospel faith, which means how we practice, how we live, is reflecting belief in Christ. Right, I think the experiential faith is what they grow into right. rather than a moment in their adolescence where they step into it. It's it's the air that they breathe in their home. Faith right. is what fills us. And from the earliest moments of a toddler, we live in fellowship. They sense that. They can uh-huh. they can tell when you know, things have been made right. There is no sin causing tension or division amongst mom and dad or amongst the siblings. And we, we worship, we talk about Jesus. We read the, we read the Bible out loud. We, this is normal. This is our rhythm of living, worshiping on Sundays. We go to church, we rest. Um, all of these is what you're just creating these routines and habits 
that are normal and in that the children grow up into that and that mm-hmm. becomes faith from the youngest years it's not something that they later on just realize it's something right. they're always breathing right well and so this brings us to this concept of fellowship i think that this is one biblical term that is great as a helpful way to, to frame when we believe the gospel and we are actively following jesus every day what does that mean what does that mean in how we live together? And the, the word that describes that is fellowship. We walk in the fellowship of the saints. We walk in the fellowship of the Son. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where he says, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son. Mm-hmm. So to be living the Christian life is to be walking in fellowship with the Father and with his people. Mm-hmm. And so that means that the whole aroma of the home is that we follow Christ and what that means is not some abstract idea of the fact that I pray and read my Bible it means that we actively walk in a life here in this little mini community of ours a life that is reflective of the love and grace and uh, forgiveness of God that is poured into my heart and so I think that at the center of that is we practice a life that is actively uh, connecting actively reflecting jesus not just passively not just uh so our christian values don't kick in when something has gone wrong and i have to apologize right Mm -hmm. um we actively seek a lifestyle where we are living a life described by the term fellowship that means loving that means sacrificing that means building up that means seeking the good of the others that means learning to speak the truth that means learning to lay down your life Um, that means learning to apply scripture constantly that means learning to delight in god and in his saving work right well in majority of our lives we live at home with our family right that is majority of our life experience so if we only limit christian fellowship to when we get together with the saints maybe once or twice a week or on worship at worship on sunday that's not all of life like that is a huge part of christianity but also the everyday life of you living with your family in your home and that's a bigger more prominent place where children should experience christian fellowship the sweetness of christian fellowship um in the day-to-day of mom and dad relating to one another relating to us instructing us and how we as children relate to one another as siblings that should be something they obviously experience and taste and also they should very starkly feel when that fellowship is broken and deeply long for it to be restored as soon as possible. Right. That should be an experience where they are living in joyful fellowship. Just like in our Christian walk, when we are breaking fellowship with God because we have sinned, we run to him in repentance and it is restored and we are forgiven and all is made right. That is God's promise to us. And yeah. that should be mimicked in our relationship to our children and in the home. That should be practiced where the atmosphere is joy and peace and love Uh and when sin enters which happens daily when children disobey their parents or um you know dad gets mad at the kids or mom mom snaps at them or is impatient fellowship is broken and that's felt very very sensitively yeah Um, we've all experienced that you know and what brings that fellowship back is mom and dad or children saying i'm sorry please forgive me i sinned prayer and and an instant like you're welcomed back we forgive you let's let's continue worshiping god together let's continue walking in obedience 
um, I think the difference is a lot of families in the way kind of we maybe were grown up not taught this aspect of family life is that the general vibe isn't fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, sin that hasn't been dealt with. Swept maybe under the rug. Swept under the rug. Somebody snapped at someone else, never asked for forgiveness. Just general brokenness and the general aroma isn't sweet. It's yeah. tension and yeah. conflict and we just don't deal with our problems and we don't really honor God with the way we relate to one another. Husband and wife don't honor God in the way they honor one another as spouses and then there's nothing to come back into for the children. Right. They don't there's even nothing know. There's lose it all together. And when it's broken, they're like, this is normal. They don't experience a loss. Yeah. I um, So I'm going to be referencing some stuff from a fellow pastor of ours, a friend, Sean Higgins. He came to our church a few years ago, did a parenting seminar. You guys can watch the whole seminar on Living Word Bible Church YouTube channel. I really encourage you guys. Really good stuff. But he makes this point. He says, fellowship is the ultimate end of obedience. So, and this is really important because look, this applies to you even if you don't have kids. Um, You have, you know, husbands and wives. We all have our roles, husbands, wives, children, right? In the home, there are different roles. The Bible says, do this, don't do this, right? So we obey God's word, but what is the end? What is the goal? What is the telos towards which we are striving? If you don't have a goal, that obedience is going to uh, lead nowhere. And Mm -hmm. so you don't know if you're actually achieving the, 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 the goal. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, the goal of God and his redeeming work is not just to get us forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. We see Ephesians 4, Paul talks about this very clearly. God in his Trinitarian nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is working the great transforming work of the gospel so that we as Christians may be unified into a life of unity, love, and fellowship, and ministry that itself is a picture of the gospel, right? Yeah. right? Yep. And so the end goal is not just forgiveness or even obedience. Why do we obey God? Why the end goal is the fellowship and the image of God being reflected in the way we behave and live together. Mm-hmm. And the same is applied in the Christian family. The family is like a mini picture. It's the foundation of you walking in the, the presence of God and the gospel, the story mm-hmm. of the gospel. And so... From the earliest days, we learn the the home is the practice training ground of gospel life. And from our most foundational levels, we are learning to be gospel people. And gospel people are people who are walking in the fellowship of the triune God. Mm -hmm. And they are achieving fellowship through obedience. So Mm -hmm. you obey God for the end of walking in the aroma, the joy, the love, the Mm -hmm. building up effect of Uh, what he has done in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So as a husband, I need to be a good husband who is laying down his life, protecting, leading, providing. Why? For the goal of my home being a place of joy and growth and unity, right? Mm -hmm. Wife is supporting, submitting, uh, laboring in the home, um, making the home kind of her home base and growing in her creativity and growing in her cultivation of the home and the beauty of that. Uh, doing whatever other things she's doing, right? Why? For the sake of building up the fellowship of the home, the joy, Mm -hmm. the song of the gospel that is present in the way we live, Mm -hmm. right? And kids, obedience. And this is where I think it gets lost too. What's the point of obedience? Oh, just obey your your parents. Because God said. God said in his word, so we must do it. Right. It's just, there's no no goal, Right. right? And so the biblical goal of all obedience is fellowship it's going in and so i think that's where like you point to like a kid who is obeying through anger Mm -hmm. is actually a form of disobedience because he is actually 
actively disfellowshipping himself right, right, from yeah. the, 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 the father or mother who is telling him to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a form of actually disobedience. And you, well, why? I'm doing what you told me to do. Yeah, but you're destroying fellowship. You, you have an angry heart and you're still angry towards me. And we're not in joy and love. That's not how Jesus teaches us to walk in fellowship. Right, and I think that's a huge aspect of what we're talking about. When you as parents don't create an atmosphere where as soon as a child makes it right, and I'm saying repents of what the disobedience or maybe the lie or hitting his sister, mm-hmm. we as parents have to be like, okay, God forgives you. Are you forgiven? Great. Let's and then do something cheerful and where they are confident that they're forgiven, not creating this cold atmosphere. Go to your room, think about what you did, and for the rest of the day, mom will be grumpy because of what you've done. Right. That's not fellowship. That's not the gospel. Not the gospel. You're not you're not living out the gospel. You are living out law and you are not creating you're you're breaking fellowship. Yeah. And it's our job as parents to lead the way of fellowship, to show how if someone asks for forgiveness, just like God instantly forgives. We forgive and we restore that fellowship instantly where we are joyful, where we hug our kids, where we comfort them and we say, you're welcome back to the dinner table and we're going to continue the joyful chatter we were doing before. You're not going to be shunned. You're not going to be reminded of your sin in three hours. And I think that's really something that's missing in Christian families where they make children feel the pressure of their sin that was committed earlier, even if the children tried to say, I'm sorry or or, I'm forgiven. They need to know that if they are asking for forgiveness, it will be granted. And not only will forgiveness be granted, they will be restored back into the fellowship of the family. That Mm -hmm. is something that they must have confidence that will happen when they ask for forgiveness. Yeah, so a kid who has said, I'm sorry, and done all the steps, but is still sulking and angry in the corner. As a parent, when you have this category, this core category of the purpose of fellowship and walking in the, the joy of the gospel, you can still guide him into the next steps because technically he obeyed okay what are you going to tell him now without the concept of fellowship you're going to be like well be happy uh be joyful it's like you know like you're commanding his emotions that's not necessarily something we uh we can do right Mm -hmm. but when you say look honey are you truly obeying from the heart because when when we're obeying uh when we're truly believing that jesus is our king and that he has forgiven our sins we don't do we stay in anger and rebellion in our hearts no is this what it means to to walk in the love of jesus no okay then well, what's even, preventing you so it's an invitation back in it's an active invitation mm-hmm. but it's also not coming from above and pressing and critiquing and guilting right and shaming them out of their sin rather right. than inviting you can't shame them, anyone out of sin right inviting them into more joy like there's always that example i don't know a lot of pastors and people say like where a kid does something wrong or sins at the dinner table and the dinner table is full of fun and fun stories and delicious food and everyone's having a great time and that kid sins or does something wrong and parent goes to the room and disciplines them and the kid says i'm sorry but they are going to sulk and they're going to say i was spanked i'm so mad about it and they're sitting in their room and the parent says okay you can join us when you're ready and they should hear that cheerful eating of the family and the jokes continuing and in their heart they should want to join back in yeah rather than in their heart feeling like well i don't want to go there they're all going to be shaming me for the rest of the night i'm not like just that separation right is our invitation something that is a warm thing that the kid wants to jump into yeah when they're in their sin do they feel like it's not fun it's not a good place to be yeah and i think in that way in the home we we 
demonstrate to the children how a Christian lives when we're in sin, when we're broken fellow, when we break fellowship from fellow saints and from God, we are going to be in a cold, dark place. We're going to be alone and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Living in fellowship and obedience is where the light is, is where joy is, where peace is. That's where we want to be. Like, yeah. you know, Ted Tripps or Paul Tripp, I don't remember who. Uh, circle of safety and danger zone. Like, you are alone and cold. Like, do you want to stay in your room and sulk and continue in your sin? Or do you want to join the family where it's fun, where obedience is, you know, the the mood and we are enjoying our fellowship? And it, yeah. and it creates in a child this mentality of when I sin, I know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. actually isolating myself and I don't want to do that. Yeah. And when they're adults, they can actually sense that better than being confused by their own sin and like figuring, confused by how to get, I get out of it. Yeah. Simplify because, it for them. Well, and to me, this hits on one of the most important concepts for me over these last nine years in family life. And this concept of grace um, has been one of the most challenging and compelling components here. So because here's the fact, we live in our families even before you have kids. You're just, the two of you got married, you mess up a lot. You sin against each other a lot. You have to be honest and you have to tell each other what you see. And that includes telling your spouse about their sin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your kids mess up, they they rebel. You have to tell them that that's wrong. You have to discipline them, right? Mm-hmm. But the question is, how is it, what is the gospel methodology that um arouses and produces actual change in the heart right god does not shove us into salvation life through guilt although guilt is a huge component we have to understand the burden of sin but true transformation happens through invitation yeah yeah god sets the feast grace comes before obedience uh God sets the feast and invites us in. He says, look, I have provided the way. This right. is seen in the entire biblical narrative. Yeah. God said, look, I've brought you out of Egypt, Israel. I have done this. You've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the covenant. Here's my laws. Walk in unity with me. Mm-hmm. He invites them into that life as he has saved them. He's provided the grace. And so in my relationship to you as a husband, when I'm trying to correctively respond to certain things or working through conflict, our tendency is just to do law. Law mm-hmm. is just to show how the other person was wrong, right? And mm-hmm. usually how I was right. Mm-hmm. I may be even be factually correct, and I may show you how guilty you are, but that that still does not accomplish the work of inviting you in to change or inviting my kids in to change. Mm-hmm. Is to invite into fellowship, into obedience, right? So when my kid's rebelling, it's not enough for me to be like, look what you did. You hurt your sister. You said this nasty thing. Don't you understand that that's wrong? And You've he's breaking God's down. Law. He's crying. He's like, yes, I know I'm guilty. It's wrong. And it's like, what? Where, where do I go from here? Right? Yeah. Um, gospel obedience comes through invitation, which means my heart needs to be in a state of grace yeah. where I am saying like, look, following. And, and this is this is sending this essential message throughout the entire family life. And that is, Walking in communion with God, following Jesus, is the best place to be. It is yeah. literally the most amazing way to live life. Yeah. And and that invitation of joy that says, come back, 
you know, this is how God does throughout the entire Old Testament. He's just calling his people back. He's disciplining them, but he's saying, why don't you return to mm-hmm. me, Israel? Mm-hmm. And um, this is how God works with us, you know? God convicts you of something you did wrong, but then he he presses down with the beauty of his love. Mm-hmm. And he wins your heart and says, oh, I love you so much. How mm-hmm. can you do this? And you come from that conviction saying, wow, God is amazing. I want to live for him. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to be accomplishing in, in the invitation of grace into fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. It's an invitation back to the feast. It's saying, look, you've messed up, of course, but... What an amazing thing is that we have a God who forgives. Right. We have a God who restores. And you know what? We all mess up and it's okay. You've made it right with us. You've made it right with God, which means he has ta- He has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. It means we can celebrate in true freedom because there is victory today. And let it go. Right. Be happy. Uh, be at peace. Yeah, because who wants to turn away from their mistakes knowing that once they've turned around, there's going to be shame and guilt and yeah. for the rest of their life. Only... The people who know there's love and acceptance and a feast prepared will want to turn from their sin and hate their sin. And I think that like even thinking of the insane statistics of children who grow up and leave the faith, a child who grew up in that sweet aroma of Christian fellowship in the home where they where love was thick and felt and joy and peace was just always there when they grow up and go off to college and see the world and see the darkness, like I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I feel like it's far less likely for a child who's experienced that kind of love to want to desire sin and want to live in that kind of darkness. Like rather than, you know, if, if you grew up in a home where shame was really prominent, like when you disobey is just shame and guilt and, Mm -hmm. and then your parents are acting very coldly towards you for a long time and you feel that, Mm -hmm. why would you grow up and want that kind of Christianity? Right. Um, you won't, you want that freedom of no judgment and no boundaries and no rules. And I think that's the difference when we give our children a non-gospel Christianity of law and we don't provide the grace. Yeah. And, um, I think as a parent, like if you're listening to this and, you see this in yourself. I think we all have, we all need to work on this. But in your heart, do you create this grace atmosphere towards your children? Mm-hmm. Parenting is hard work. We are sinners. We get frustrated with our kids. But do we continually create judgment on our on our children? Maybe you have a very rebellious child who is extra difficult, and ex- they're just you're in a season of dealing with this kid who's just been very difficult and you're Uh praying and you're trying to be a faithful parent it it might be good to stop and consider am i is there a place where that child is compelled to enter back into is Uh there a sweet fellowship in our home where if they turn from their sin they are welcomed back in Uh with open arms or do they always feel like at a distance because they're the bad kid in the family they're the one disobeying and rebelling and mom and dad are constantly disciplining them and they're the bad kid in the family like um I think that happens a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think another component is to think about, yeah, so in adding to what you're saying, do you view as a parent or as a spouse, even if you don't have kids, do you view yourself not as a person who is merely trying to, uh, when conflict arises, restore work through, right? But actively, uh, do you view yourself as a person who is either building fellowship or destroying fellowship? Yeah, and. Yeah. That can be done in a variety of ways that are not explicitly 
rebellious or sinful or conflict inducing mm-hmm. right so a person you know a head of a household a father a dad a husband who is ignoring members of the body is not building a fellowship mm-hmm. if there's kids in your home that are being ignored and not loved and cared for they're left onto the side mm-hmm. you know that's that's disfellowship you know yeah uh, if the leader is being impatient expressing impatience obviously we know that's a sin but he is also destroying fellowship um, if he is being detached, you know, if people are living, if your home is a home where people just live their parallel lives, in their own rooms, that's not a home of fellowship. Right. Um, you know, does your, another piece, you know, is the, does your home include a, an active just joy in Jesus? Uh, whether that's listening to music that is exalting in the gospel, um, the kind of prayers that you pray mm-hmm. before your meals and, and in the evenings, does that, um, does the atmosphere in your home create this, very clear impression we as a family are united by jesus he is here in this home and he's the reason we are what we are Mm -hmm. it's not like oh dad dad is the king Mm -hmm. of this house yes dad is the king in a sense that he is the he is the leader Mm -hmm. but dad himself is under the gospel dad himself Mm -hmm. struggles and fails and stumbles and comes and is willing to repent Mm -hmm. uh ask his kids i'm so sorry guys that i snapped uh you know praying Praying in front of your kids, Lord, give me patience. Help me to be more self-controlled, you know. Um, Expressing to your kids what it looks like for a person who is seeking and receiving grace from the Savior. Mm -hmm. Our kids, you know, being in youth ministry, this is what I've seen so clear, you know, in the past 10 years of youth ministry. The biggest stumbling block, the biggest complexity in the faith of children is going to be an incoherent home where there is no clear gospel life. Yeah. There's no explicit faith that is clear, that is visible and tangible. And you're not talking about unbelieving tangible. parents. You're talking church-going parents. Yeah, church-going parents who sing in the choir but have no conversation in the home about the grace of God in their hearts. Uh, no prayer life mm-hmm. that is genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, no worship. No joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so your so your your practice is the story that your your practices communicate a theology, and that those practices they are embedded deep into the hearts of every mm-hmm. person in the home mm-hmm. so i think some that's that you know those questions should challenge how we build how we view ourselves first of all how do you view yourself do you view yourself as a builder of the fellowship in the home and are you looking for ways to deepen and enrich fellowship um, does that inform how you do uh, child discipline, how you do scripture and how you enforce Bible. rules. Like how as a you mom, enforce rules. I think as a mom, how you give you, each other feedback. If you are so so adamant about the rules being <clears throat> followed, the socks being picked up, and that is more of a priority for you than maintaining fellowship, there's something right. wrong. In many homes, it's spotless and clean, but the children are constantly tense, iron disciplined, f- you know, it's just law. scattered because there's no true fellowship. There's no encouragement. There's no law of you know, it, do you value the rules being followed yeah. more than you have, than you value creating an atmosphere of fellowship? Yeah, because at the end of the day, we all know this. We all know obedience and sanctification is very difficult, yeah. right? We struggle every day with our flesh, with our sins, with our um, false ideas. And here's the thing. Are your children and is your home a place where there is truly an experience of the comforting helping and strengthening hand of god on the path of 
weary saints who are trying to learn obedience. Yeah. Right? So is this a place where saints are encouraged and growing? You know, the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Yeah. He is the one who in, in equips our obedience. Is this a place where obedience is is uh, made is strengthened and made more fruitful and made more beautiful as the better choice not because you will be spanked (laughs) if you don't but as the choice that is going to bring more joy to your heart more peace and it's just a beautiful choice yeah it's the one god wants for you so that your soul may be at peace and delighting in him and another thing i think all of this what we're saying you are you are telling your children who who god is how he is yeah, if you're modeling you're, him. If you're telling your children God is a, is a judgmental father sitting on the throne and every wrong move. You're modeling he's, that. He's yeah. charging you with lightning and you have to, like God has no tolerance for sin, but he also is so loving and gracious to us and invites us to the feast. Yeah. So if you are lying about God the Father to your children by the way you run your home, that's very scary and you need to examine how you're doing it. No doubt we're going to come back to this topic over and over, but I think this, you know, even if you're thinking, well, what if my kid, what if I kid, my kids are not like saved or I don't see true regeneration transformation in them? That's, that's fine. First of all, we don't see the heart fully, but second of all, um, I think the Bible makes it very clear that genuine faith is born in a healthy community of grace. And the faith is passed on in our words and it is passed on in our practices. And so I think we are always, the question I'm always trying to, the, the I ask my kids is, and this question I think is invitational, it pokes at their heart, but it's also teaching them faith, is, is this how we follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. Is this what it means to follow Jesus? Is this how we walk in the love of Jesus? So that question asks them about the way of faith, mm-hmm. and it invites them into the way of faith. But it's also deep down, hopefully, working a deeper work of the Holy Spirit, changing them and saying, wait. Have I turned from my sin and followed him? And is this my, is this my conscious life path of mm-hmm. following Jesus? Because he is the joy. He is the, the, he is the feast. He is the rest that I long for. Yeah, and I do think some parents might be asking like, okay, but what if my children or one of my children is definitely like, I don't see any faith. I don't see any fruit. I think if, you know, your kid is 10, 11, you, you're taking them to church every Sunday. You're probably yeah. having Are them Are they pray. saying, I am an atheist? Like, you're probably having them pray at the home when we all pray with the family. Yeah. Um, you are still um, expecting of them pr- to practice faith. In our home, we live in fellowship, so you will live in Christian fellowship. I don't think there needs to be like, well, since I don't see any fruit and they're not clearly saved, they, they're excused from any house rules. No, you're still going to... Yeah. It, you're still inviting them into practicing faith. Yeah. And we don't and, know. And at the it's same time, periodically, you're Holy asking Spirit. them, hey, do you follow Jesus? Like, yeah. have you committed to following Christ? Have you confessed your sins, turned away? Do you understand how much of a sinner you are and how much you need a Savior? Like, periodically having those conversations, right. but also saying it's important. immersing them in a lifestyle that models that life and says, look, this is the beautiful way. This is so wonderful. And you are invited today to come. Because many Christians don't know the moment the Holy Spirit works in a mysterious way, and we don't know when the Holy Spirit will um, turn our children's souls into life, like that they will be regenerated. But we we create that space for them to practice faith. Yeah. And we don't know at what point we believe, and we pray for their souls. But but not um, only that, this teaches your kids true sanctification. The true Christian life is not all about 
getting out of hell and into heaven. It is about walking in the joy. And so we raise families that are deeply soaked in the way of joy, the way of following Christ, the way of his grace. And um, it sets them up for a life of sanctification. And that's the goal. So hopefully that is helpful, encouraging to you guys today. There's so many more things that we are going to be covering here. Uh, Send this to a friend if you found it encouraging. Uh, Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you find the podcast. That helps other people find the show. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you.